Good evening, good evening, everyone. Absolutely great to have you in tonight's live class. And we are in for a great time in the presence of the Lord. We've have been having a great time this month in the midweek life classes, teaching on repositioning for greatness. And tonight it's full on interactive. Amen. And also the Sunday services, as we've been talking about entering the rest of God, we function in the rest of God. We function from the rest of God. It's been simply a great blessing. If you missed out on any of those services, I strongly encourage you to go back and listen to those messages, particularly last week's Sunday. Last week's Sunday's message was off the hook. A tremendous, tremendous blessing. And we need everybody to hear that word and let God minister to you. Well, that's enough about the past. Let's focus on what's happening tonight. Tonight is interactive. Tonight it's a talk show. And I'm not going to be the one doing all the talking. I have three panelists that are joining me tonight to review the teachings, to talk about the teachings. And then we're going to open the floor also for all of you that are watching online. You want to make your comments. You want to ask your questions. You get to do that. All right. Um, let's fully engage. Don't just spectate, participate. Well, um, in no particular order, let me bring up um, the, our first panelist uh, for tonight. He's new to a whole lot of you because he's new in the church, but he's already making his mark in the life group that he belongs to. So please receive with me Robert Paddy as he comes up on screen. Robert, how are you doing? Good evening, Pastor. How are you? I'm all right. I'm good. Am I I'm audible enough? You are audible. I can hear you loud and clear, and I'm sure that I'm sure the people at home can hear you too. Um, how's your day been? Uh, yes, it's it's been a good day. Relatively uh, cool as compared to the past few days, and uh, I was eagerly looking forward to this wonderful meeting. And I'm delighted to be here in front of you yourself. All right. Well, you are new to a whole lot of people. Can you tell us something um, interesting about yourself? Something that obviously we would not know. <laughs> I am a very passionate person about uh, the word of God. And uh, I, have a, I, I strongly feel that I'm in the right place to learn, to become a part of this family, I, I am particularly thrilled that the, the, the church is um, extremely full of uh, uh, exciting people with a very good sense of humor. Uh, I am so delighted that I am speaking to you, the pastor of the church, and uh, on, a, you know, on, a, on a very casual basis and yet learning a hell lot from the conversation. So essentially for me, I am extremely humbled and uh, passionate to learn and be a part of this church. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you, Robert. Great, great, great to have you. Obviously, we're going to get to know you a whole lot better as we continue to progress. All right. Let me bring up the next panelist. Um, people make Robert feel warmly welcome um, in the chat columns. Just let, let, let him know that we are happy that he's here. But our second panelist is not a stranger to us, faithful, passionate, um, a woman of God. Uh, help me bring up, um, make welcome Sister Abigail 
Moroccan y'all as I bring her up on stage. Hey, Abigail. Hi, good evening, PT. Good evening, everyone. Good evening. How are you doing? Good, good. How's your day been? Uh, busy, but I guess when it comes to being busy, no one can beat you, Pastor. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess some people will still want to debate that, but it's better to be busy than not. Busy pursuing purpose busy being relevant busy yes. having impact yes 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 that's what we are doing um abigail it's absolutely great to have you on as one of the panelists tonight um could you tell us something interesting about yourself that we might not know okay um i love challenges right so give me a challenge and i'll take it so last week I just completed a 10K marathon. And for me, that was a big challenge. <laughs> <laughs> I think I saw you post something about that yes. on Instagram. And you said this was the first and the last time. Yes. I don't know about that. I'm going to challenge you to do it again. <laughs> <laughs> you go, girl. You go, girl. Well done. Well done. Well done. Thank you. Um, we're absolutely elated to have you up on the panel tonight our third panelist tonight um, is of no mean repeat another wonderful woman of god very passionate um, very studious and i know that she has a lot to contribute tonight come on receive with me up on stage sister janet enang hey Hi. <laughs> thank you pastor Temi, for having me Absolutely great Excited. to be on with you. <laughs> Absolutely great to be on here with you, and we're looking forward to a wonderful time of conversation. It's going to be it's going to be a, a blessing indeed. All right, Janet, you two tell us something interesting about yourself that we oh. might not know. Something interesting. Okay, I love to cook. Oh my! And I went on a spree trying to cook every Nigerian dish that I've ever heard of. Oh my! Last year, so yeah. From every oh state. I need to send. I need to send you my address. <laughs> you send me some of that sweet cooking. <laughs> oh my goodness! We bless the Lord. Our God is a good God. I'm, I'm already so elated just having you guys up here tonight. Is not so much of my night to to talk much or to teach much because I've done that the last three um, Wednesdays. Um, I'm looking forward to hearing from you guys um what you've taken from the lessons um what resonated with you what blessed you what impacted you and then we'll open it up to the audience and then um, also hear from them or their comments their questions some of which is likely to be directed at you yeah um in the series the series on repositioning for greatness we started with a message on positioning for greatness um position for greatness or something like that and then the second message was a manifesting greatness which was like the steps to greatness and the final message was on um you know on it was on on unveiling true goodness or true greatness unveiled what is greatness indeed and of course we're looking at our prime example which is christ jesus himself and um, each one of you has taken, focused on one of those messages to talk to us for about five minutes 
on on that message what you took out of the message that you focused on what resonated with you and what else you would might want to say so the first message which was about positioning for greatness i think it was robert that focused on that one so we are going to have robert go up first and be our first um speaker this evening to talk to us about that message and the things that he got out of it so robert over to you yeah pastor tell me thank you thank you very much um when i recall the uh your emphatic and uh your your beginning of the message was uh back to genesis chapter 12 1 to 3. now just going back to this message and listening it to again as i mentioned a bit earlier there was obviously so much to learn more but for me the, the 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 thing i picked out so so vividly was god asked abraham to set aside everything he knew about himself his family to set aside his identity and to leave his area of comfort and go into a whole new place. Now, of course, if if you look at it from a human point of view, you'll begin to, to understand that it is a very difficult decision. But he was a man of faith, and he knew that his destiny, his future, his entire purpose was wrapped around the word of God. And the word of God, you can seal in ice. So God had plans for Abraham. And according to the message that, uh, according to the preaching pastor, uh, God is sovereign. And it's, it's his design and purpose for all humanity to be successful according to his plan. I remember you were so emphatic that uh, in challenging times, especially, is when we as Christians will experience the true manifestation of the glory of God. So, Father Steele, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm, I, I did write a few things, so I'm picking up on the notes as I go along. Go ahead, so go ahead. The instruction to Abraham was very clear. Leave everything apart. Get out leave everything apart was one of the uh, points you struck and from this particular point i understood that you have to set aside bad i mean all habits that you have known all through your entire humanity you have to be in a position to embrace a whole new personality being a born-again christian you have to be able to embrace the new identity that God is going to enshrine upon you as a result of you following in his grace. So essentially, you have to shed old baggage. You can't put new wine in old skins. Mm. So that's one of my points I picked up. Then you mentioned um, something uh, critical. You said uh, in, the, in, in, the, in, verse, um, in verses, in, in, in Genesis 12, 1 to 3, 
you mentioned that uh, it required you to leave country, which was your identity, to leave family and to leave your father's house. Mm. Now, recollecting on that message, country, as you emphatically said, was uh, your identity. Mm. Our new identity has to be defined mm. by God. Come on. Being walking in Christ should be our new identity as Christians. Yes. Getting out of familiar habits. Let God guide our every new step. Let him be our source. So in regard to that, that I was speaking very, 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 very primarily on your emphasis on uh holding God as our primary source because he is the provider of everything. But, and also, um, you were very emphatic about um, the blessing. Now, the, this, this I, I listened to it again and again and again and again. And it is, it is really big. Because one line I, I particularly highlighted was the, the blessing in, in, in a singular positioned Abraham for greatness. Mm. But what does that actually mean? What does it mean? Is it a blessing in terms of materialism? Is it a blessing in the spiritual realm? Is it a blessing as we humans would know it? And from the message, from your preaching, we, we, many a time you, you, you can hear people say that uh, blessing is associated with uh, success, health, and wealth. That would be the common understanding as of blessing, good things. But in this particular reference, we begin to understand that through the covenant that God established with Abraham in Genesis 12, 1 to 3. We, we understand very clearly that he was beginning the journey of redemption because as a result of the fall of man. And God's purpose through Abraham was the beginning of his plan for redemption of the entire human race. Of course, Israel had been chosen as the... Um, was the chosen people, but through Abraham, the whole human race had the chance to be redeemed from the fall. So primarily that's some of those are the part of the things that I, I, I picked up very emphatically from, uh, from, from that lesson, Pastor. Thank you. Brilliant, brilliant. Thank you, Robert. That was absolutely great. That was a, a brief, strong synopsis on, um, on what was taught in that first lesson. Um, and I like your emphasis on my emphaticness. <laughs> that, was, that, that was good also. Um, we just bless the Lord. We bless the Lord. Um, it's interesting to know that it wasn't Abraham that decided that he was going to be great. It was God that called him to be great. And one solace that I particularly take from that is the fact that God is happy with us being great. He wants us to be great um, because through our greatness, 
he, we can be a blessing to so many other people. Thank you, Robert. Thank you for your contribution. I'm quite sure that some questions might still come and you might even have some questions before we close um, tonight. But that was really, really good. Thank you very the much. Next, the next message in the series was on manifesting greatness, which kind of Robert, Robert uh, uh, started leading there that, okay, so we are called to be great. So the blessings upon us to be great. Exactly how do we manifest this greatness? How do we manifest the blessing? And I think it was important in the first message um, to emphasize the blessing because we were just coming out of some teachings on the blessing of God, that the blessing that is upon us already positions us to be great. So the second message is on manifesting greatness. And Sister Abigail focused on that message. She listened to it, and I'm quite sure she's got some points, some things that really resonated with her from the message. So let's put up, bring up Sister Abigail to be a blessing to us. <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank you, PT. So evening again, everybody. Um, do you know what? That um, lesson on manifesting um, greatness, it, it just was loaded. So if anyone hasn't listened to it, please, I encourage you to go back and listen. But I mean, we know that we are, you know, we're born great. We know that we have the, the seeds of greatness in us. Right? Or rather, we are, you know, we are um, the seed of Abraham, right? But it's one thing to, to know you're great, and then it's another to actually, you know, manifest that greatness. And um, during the course of that lesson, you, Peter, you gave us um, the seven steps towards, or the seven steps Ooh. to greatness, right? Now, out of the seven steps, I must say the one that really resonated um, with me was uh, step one, and that was having the right mindset. Okay. Now, this one is kind of it's, it. It is, I believe, it's like the pinnacle. It's the it's the foundational, you know, step. Because if you think about it, your your mind that's that's like the the control panel of your body. Mm -hmm. Everything begins, you know, in the mind. Okay. So what you think, like I think, um, PC, you said this. What you believe, you know, you is something about um, if you believe. Uh, you can do it, you can, and if you believe, you know, it, so basically it, it all begins in the mind, right? And um, I just shared this uh, story because I remember when I started my business and this was like about two years ago and the business basically was um, doing health checks, you know, in the workplaces. And I remember, you know, telling everybody excitedly, you know, they would ask me what you do and I'll tell them like this vision that I had and I remember like I would be, you know, I'll be met with not not like shock or but basically there would be like, OK, well, what is that all about? You know, people can go to their GP, you know, to have is it doing blood pressure? Is it doing this? People can go to their GP and have this done, you know, and but I knew and I believed that that was, you know, my purpose, you know. And so fast forward now to even, you know, 2020. And we look at what's happened with like the whole COVID thing and how like GPs were like, you know what, stay home. Okay. So basically what I'm just trying to draw out of that is you need to have the right mindset. Okay. Because there are some people with the mindset that 
any little thing, any little seed of doubt that is sown in, they give up, right? So your, your step to greatness is really, 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 really dependent upon the kind of mindset that you have. And I remember in that time, um, what God told me was, don't accept facts as the truth, but accept my truth as the fact, you know? Oh. And um, also uh, you, you mentioned, PT, about um, Christ. I think you really hammered this point that Christ thought it not robbery. Mm. to to equal himself to god okay so even if you think about parents you know and their children your children will have you know they will resemble you not only that but they'll have your mannerisms you know your traits so we also have the traits and the, the character and you know the very very whole essence of god you, you understand we are god we are little gods you know um so how can you manifest or how can you get your mind right? How can you adopt the right mind? Well, I compare it to, I liken it to a garden. So if you think about a garden, right? So for those of us that, you know, we have a garden, you know, on our mood board, waiting for it to manifest, um, we tend it, okay? You won't just leave your garden to just grow all the weeds and everything. You're gonna, you know, take care of it. You're gonna, you know, pull out the weeds and whatever, because, you don't want weeds to grow. And the mind is just like that garden, right? So how do you know how 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 do you um basically uh clear your mind out from all the weeds? It's basically by what you listen to, you know, the people that you surround yourself with. Otherwise, if you don't fill it with good things, then guess what? You're gonna have seeds or or you know, the devil um sowing seeds. And those seeds were like, you know, seeds of discouragement, seeds of, you know, frustration, seeds of, of even like um, doubting yourself, even seeds of unforgiveness, seeds like you made a mistake long time ago, but you can't get over it. So whenever opportunities, new opportunities come, you refuse to take it because you can't get over the fact that maybe once you made a mistake or things didn't quite go as well. So that for me was it was a very powerful um, lesson. And I think definitely, definitely, we need to focus on adopting the right mind, the right mindset, having the right mindset. Yes, yes, yes. That's just, my my God, goodness, Abigail, that was just on point, just on point right there. I knew that it was going to be a little bit of, oh my goodness, seven <laughs> steps of actually going to try to go through the seven steps and you chose the one that really spoke to you and that's spot on it's the one about the mindset because that's where it starts before all of this the other steps you need the right mindset and that's that's so key and just like you are quoting the truth be told what you think as a man thinketh so he is if you believe you can then you can if you believe you can't, then you can't. Your limitation is not outside you. It's actually within you. If you have the mindset of a great man of greatness or victor, you will always be able to find your way through it. Your mindset is key. Oh, my goodness. Great stuff. Great stuff. Thank you for that. Thank you for that. That, that, was, that was tremendous. 
I know that we're still going to discuss some more. Maybe we'll get onto some of those other steps also in the course of the conversation. We don't know what questions might come from the audience. I want to speak to the audience once again. Please be part of this. Keep on making your comments and start getting your questions ready for the asking. All right. The final message, which was preached last week, Wednesday, was unveiling true greatness. Unveiling true greatness. We were trying to redefine greatness from a biblical standpoint and from our prime example being Jesus Christ. And Sister Janet has been the one that has focused on that particular message. And um, I know she has points and things that resonated with her. I'm looking forward to being blessed by what she has to contribute. So receive with me, Sister Janet. Thank you, Pastor Temi, and thank you, Robert and Abby. I love the points, and I learned something from it as well. I thought they were amazing when Robert was talking, and he focused on the blessing. I thought, honestly, that tr that was the thing that stood out to me as well in that message. And Abby, when you spoke about mindset, a hundred percent, it's all about the mindset. That's where it really begins, because we know that the battlefield is so for me um i'm talking about true greatness being unveiled which was what pastor temi preached from last week i've got a couple of points i've got four points to be exact that really stood out for me um the first one was when pastor temi spoke about um jesus and how he washed the disciples feet and what example that it actually was he was sharing and displaying by doing so and I was thinking to myself, what was the lesson? Why did Jesus do this? Is this something that we should do as um, people? As um, should we go around washing people's feet? Is this what we're meant to be doing too? Or what is it that he's actually saying? So for me, I feel like it signifies a display of humility, um, of service, servanthood, and having that attitude and willingness to do so for one another. It may not necessarily mean washing feet, in this day and age, in 2021, there's loads of things that we can also be doing for one another. Um, this can be um, when we see a person that actually needs help. This doesn't mean just picking up someone shopping on the bus or something like that. It could be you see something because God always lets us um, put us in a position where we're able to actually see something that someone needs. And we know that we may have, have it in our capacity to do so. And when we don't do so, it's, it's not actually... Um, aligned with what God has said that we should do on this earth, especially as Christians. So I feel like as Christians, service is not just about washing the feet, but it's literally meeting the needs of people. Jesus wanted us to emulate that by serving one another with that humble heart, again, with the mindset of building one another up in love. And um, that was one of the things that um, stood out to me as the lesson that Jesus was trying to share by washing each other's feet. Um, for people washing each other's feet. So the second point that stood up to me was when Pastor Temi spoke about the ultimate role model, which he's mentioned again already tonight. Um, Jesus, which we know is the ultimate role model, but the actual scripture says when he was asked who was the greatest, and um, he said that John the Baptist was the greatest. And I love this story because um, in Luke 22, which Pastor Temi pre um, preached and he mentioned, he said that um, there was a time where... Um, the disciples were bickering amongst themselves, which I'm going to read the scripture because I thought was interesting, especially from the message translation. It says in Luke 22, verse 24, it says within minutes, the disciples were bickering over who of them would end up being the greatest. But Jesus intervened and he said, kings like to throw their weight around and people in authority like to give themselves fancy titles like doctor, lawyer, king, rabbi. But it's not about that. 
it's not going to be like that with you. So as Christians, he was saying to us, it's not going to be like that in his kingdom and as his people. We're not going to be put in these positions of authority with titles to then lord that whole um, authority and power over other people. He, what he was saying is that let the senior among you become like the junior and let the leader act as the part act the part of a servant. And I thought this was so good because when I think about just life in general, I love looking and um, listening to people that are in business, especially people that are doing well. Um, some of them that tend to lord their weight and their authority or their status over other people. Like a good example would be Steve Jobs, as a lot of people may know or may not know, as um, when he was in Apple, he was quite a terrible person, a lot of people said in his early stages, but he was nicely humbled in this position of when he thought, you know, he was speaking to people rudely and stuff, but when he was humbled in that time, he went away and came back and was, and you can see that there was a lot of changes in how he went about um, uh, managing the business and which led to the growth because with that a lot of um, wisdom, a lot of insight, a lot of creativity, a lot of information started coming to him which was very different from the very beginning and I feel that that is to do with being humbled, being like looking at the value, how can we serve one another which is what I got from this particular um, chapter, sorry my notes has tried to disappear. <laughs> okay, yeah, so that was one of the things that I think really stood out for me um, in regards to that. Now, the third point that Pastor Temi said, which I thought was a statement that was nicely hidden in the, in the um, message, it was a statement that Pastor Temi said, so it's true that you really do have to go back and listen to these messages again. I did catch it the first time, but I didn't really go deeper into it. I thought I knew what it meant, but I just kind of, it kind of went over my head. But he said that you need to interrogate our motives, our motives, which I thought was, seriously, it's classic, our motives need to be checked. And when I um, looked at the word, inter I thought, so let me look at this word interrogate and do the thing that Pastor Timmy does, where it says, like, what are the syn synonyms of interrogate? So I found <laughs> the synonyms for interrogate was cross-section, quiz, question, probe. I add my own, keep it 100, like, be real, check your motives. Like, what is it and why do we want to be great? What is what is the reasons why we really want to be great? And greatness can come in the form of, um, it doesn't mean being this high, amazing person, but it could just be um, like day-to-day -day things like wanting to be married, wanting to sing, wanting to start a business, wanting money, wanting to be a boss, wanting to be a pastor, wanting to have a job. What is the real intention in our hearts and minds, checking our motives as to why? Why do we want to have these or things or acquire these things or be in these positions? And I feel like when we keep it 100 with ourselves, we're also able to find out why God has not actually allowed it to happen as of now. Because when you really look at the real truth behind it, you know that you're not ready. You know that your motives are jacked up. That you have, you have no business being this particular thing because you're not ready. Let's just keep it real. So we have to kind of give God his props by not letting it happen right now. But we should just be honest with ourselves. Uh, marriage is definitely hard. Sometimes when people are not married for a reason. They may not be really ready to actually handle what it takes to actually be a husband or a wife or to have children. Maybe right now it is 
not easy and some people may think they want it but they may not really be ready for it because you don't actually know what it takes it's 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 a hustle and i can testify i've got three okay so, so my love my last point was um quickly sorry i'm rounding up and i thought it was a really good point is um Pastemi spoke about power and greatness and how sometimes people have great intentions of being in these positions of greatness maybe a wife marry um husband or a boss or something or a pastor but really, when we're looking at the people that are in these positions already, we're learning from what they're doing now. And they could be doing things not in a necessarily right and um, appropriate way. And um, I think, Pastor, I mean, in, the, in your text, you gave it, sorry, in your example last week, you gave an example of um, in Nigeria, you know, when people are seniors and then when they're seniors, they they, they get beaten up or when they're, sorry, they beat up the younger people, the, the juniors. I'm just using the word beaten up because that's really what they do. <laughs> and um, when they now become, the juniors are really not liking it. But when they become juniors, they find themselves doing the very same thing. So I think what you were, what you're, what you're trying to say is that we too, as much as we might have great intentions, we, do, we, we should be very careful ultimately not to end up repeating the same cycle of the people that had gone before us. So if we're bosses and we've seen bosses that are terrible, let us not um, just also emulate their ways, but really learn from being lowly, being humble and saying, look, I'm as a boss, I'm not going to do this. I'm going to do this differently. I'm going to help these people in this way because I too was once in this position of um, a low state. And therefore, when I go in there, this is how I'm going to affect change. This is how I'm going to make impact. And um, yeah, those were the four points that I have. And thank you so much, Pastor Semi. I really love your teachings, as you know. <laughs> and God bless you guys. God bless you too. God bless you. Well done, Janet. That was that was awesome. Again, what happened with the teaching was there's so many points, but you zeroed in on some of the very, very, very key points. And I love the way you communicated it. I love the realness. Keep it 100. Keep it 100. I like that. That's a quotable quote, you know? <laughs> um, brilliant, brilliant, brilliant stuff. Brilliant stuff. Thank you so much. All right. We're going to open the floor now. We're already at 8.08. So um, people in the audience on Facebook or YouTube, you want to make comments, you want to ask questions this is the time for you to start throwing those questions in there or comments for us to look at and talk a little bit more about and while we are waiting for um, some of the comments or questions to come from the floor i don't know whether any of the panelists have a question or further comment to make or a question to ask one of your co-panelists on their own area i don't know what it is but let's let's get talking around about now yep <laughs> I loved it when you spoke about the blessing and Robert. I thought that that was really, really oh. impactful. Oh, it, it, it really did stand out. That there is um there's something there's one uh, uh exact. Let me just read it again. The uh, in pastors on words, the blessing of God maketh rich and addeth no sorrow. That. I was reeling in laughter, in joyous laughter. Because when when he said it, his his whole body language went along with it. <laughs> I hear you. But the the it is, I mean, this whole series, I mean, just the, the, the word of God is 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 amazing. Because 
God is bound by his own word. Whatever comes out of him must come to pass. Mm. So I'm, I was thinking, what a unique place Abraham was when God spoke these words to him. That you, you, you will be a blessing. I, I, then I wish I could pull it up and just reread it all because it's 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 very 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 um, very very key. Please allow me to 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 pull up Genesis twelve again and just read one to three. Uh, now the Lord has said unto Abraham, Get out, get thee out of thy country and from thy kindred, and from these father's house unto a land that I show you and i'll make you thee i'll make thee a great nation will bless thee and make thy name great and thou shalt be a blessing and i'll bless thee that bless you and curse he that cast you and thee and in thee shall all families of the earth be blessed now that is extremely powerful extremely so i i can imagine did what was going through Abraham's mind when God spake these words? And in thee shall all families of the earth be blessed. Abraham was a Jew. But my question is, what singled out Abraham, pastor, as somebody to be given this? Because it looks like uh, creation was recreated through Abraham. Why was he so special? What was he like? In your own research, what was he like as a personality that God bestowed this, you know, the, the beginning of redemption of man through him? What was so peculiar about him? That's a good question. In fact, you took the question out of my lips because I was going to ask that same question. Now, why do you think Abraham was chosen for this assignment? I have my suspicion but before i share share my suspicion i don't know whether janet or abigail wants to hazard um an answer or a thought of why was there were many people on the face of the earth why was abraham picked by god to be the father of faith okay i'm gonna hazard a guess um i'm my thinking is that abraham i think god saw him as someone that he could trust he could trust yeah so he could trust his people with and the thing about leadership is it's not about lording it over people right but it's about actually you know bringing a number of people a group of people and just you know finding ways to to serve them to meet their needs so i feel like god felt like he could trust his people in his hands I, I agree. That's one of the. That's probably one of the key key reasons. Any any Janet, do you have a different perspective or something yeah. to add? Um, following on from what Abigail just said, I also feel like um, Abraham for me was a person that was in close fellowship with God, and has kept his ear very close to God. So, um, a person on the earth that would do that would be worthy of being given such um, 
a, 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 like a status or some kind of authority to carry out such greatness because especially at the early stages because I think for us he might be one of the very first that we heard that was very close to God so um, and I also I also want to add um, just because Abraham was given this status and this um, position now with Jesus now that you know um, you know we too have been put in those positions as well God has also put upon us that very same um, commandment because the blessings of Abraham that make it rich is also attributed to us now as well so it's just I think for me in terms of Abraham it was because he just he stayed close to God and he was he to the point of which we know sacrificing his son to death, which is something that I'm not sure if I can do if I was in his position, but um, he did give it to, <laughs> but, um, <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> I hear you. I mean, your, your, your contribution is apt, apt, absolutely apt. This is what I think. There's a scripture, I don't know exactly where it is now, you can research and find it, but it is said of Abraham that God chose him because he knew he would command his children in the way of the Lord. Consider that as one of the reasons, if not the key reason why Abraham was chosen. In other words, God knew that this guy would make sure that this covenant and this blessing and this doctrine and this theology and this faith will not stop with him but would go on to his children and his children's children and his children's children and on and on. So he needed to make sure that it was committed to a man that he would trust that will make sure it gets passed on to following generations. And we see this clearly even in the saga of God saying, take Isaac, come and sacrifice him. Some of us, we have in our, in our mind that Isaac was a small baby, so he couldn't do anything. No, Isaac was a teenager by that time. And can you imagine, Isaac asked the question, where's the sacrifice? Um, Abraham said that this, uh, God, the Lord shall provide. They finally get up on top of the Mount of Maria. And then Abraham starts to tie Isaac's hand and leg and lays him upon the altar. 16-year-old strong boy. Of course, if he, was, if he hadn't been schooled or taught or something, he should have been struggling or fighting his dad or even pushed the dad down, down and run for his life. Obviously, the father had already imbibed certain things in him that made him submissive. This is powerful, powerful indeed. And then the other reason I think that God chose Abraham was that um, he knew that Abraham would obey him. And this was the final test. Just like you, Janet, I ain't sure. I ain't sure that if God said, told me to do that, I, uh, especially in this modern age, I think that I will have a long theological argument with God, showing him book, chapter, and verses why this is definitely Satan, get thee behind me. <laughs> you know? Um, but I, I think that that he was able to choose him or chose him because he knew that he would he would make sure that the faith is passed on and obviously the faith was passed on and remember from the teachings that the purpose of the whole blessing was not even about Abraham but was rather that through Abraham's seed the whole all the families of the earth would be blessed hallelujah 
Hallelujah. Amen and amen. Um, I, I, we're waiting for more comments and more questions from the crowd. I, I can see that some people are already starting to throw in some comments there. So we'll be hearing some of the comments, but we're also really looking um, for questions. What um, um, Robert had talked about earlier, the blessing. Now, remember that the definition of the blessing is empowerment to prosper. This is why the blessing positions you for greatness. The blessing empowers you but now you have to use that power to be successful to be great okay and the scripture says in Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 3 that we have already been blessed with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places hallelujah so we've got the power to be great it's time for us to use use that power yeah uh, amongst the panel I don't know whether anybody has any other thought or question um, that they want to share Um, I would, one of the questions that I have um, is that, you know, I, I spoke about interrogating our own motives, questioning our, our thought processes as to why we want to do something, why we want to um, achieve something, gain something or acquire something and quiz ourselves, question ourselves, probe ourselves, like keep it real, keep it like real, why? But then I guess sometimes a lot of the, even when we do that, we're able to sometimes kind of land on the fact that I just want it. I, I want a Tesla, for example. I love that car, it's lovely. Do I have to then give some, like God some kind of, um, you know, what's my motive? I want it, it looks lovely, I like it. Like, what do I, do I need to, is it wrong? Is that vanity? Some, cause sometimes I feel like as Christians, when we do check our motives, sometimes, we'll feel like we kind of cancel ourselves out from having things that are of um, in society as good, like a Tesla, for example. Um, and we feel like well, maybe because as a Christian, we should humble ourselves and we should be servants and we should serve. And I feel, I feel like right now, the generation that we're living in now, there's an expectation that Christians should be very like mm -hmm. mellow and not have a Tesla, for example. <laughs> or, or, or private jets or you gotta have to, to, to like a Tesla but you got to good taste it's right there yeah. like, you know Jesus rode on the best donkey that was like a Tesla in those days so like <laughs> so like I was just wondering like how do we kind of combat that because really and truly there is a stigma out there that Christian should be a particular way so how do we overcome that in this generation today and still kind of you know stay humble <laughs> i think that um it'd be nice to hear um thoughts and perspectives on this there's a question that has come up on in the in the on, uh, in the chat so we'll, we'll probably get to that question in a moment okay the question is going up the question is um on still on abraham point god promised that he would be heir of the world what does it mean to be heir of the world okay we'll come to that question just in a moment let's try to deal with what Janet was talking about. Um, God has no problem with you wanting a Tesla. God has no problem with you having a Tesla. He has a problem with Tesla having you. I hear that. Yeah. God, I mean, look, it wasn't Abraham that went to God and said, God, I want to be great. It was God that went to Abraham and said, I'm going to make you great. So God has absolutely no problem with us being great. God has no problem with us having good things, and, and nice things. He doesn't have a problem with that. All of that is religion. Yeah. Um, what he has a problem is, is when those things have us, that means when those things become our idol 
when those things become the the end rather than the means to to an end even i i i like the tesla man i like the tesla you got taste oh yeah that's <laughs> yeah, it's a nice car um a lot of good cars out there and there's nothing that's stopping you from from having it you just have to know how to work the power to get wealth to be in a position to now be able to afford the tesla <laughs> um that, that's what it is you know um so so god doesn't have any problem with you having a tesla and it's and i think in the course of even teaching on greatness and the humility of jesus and all of that we even redefined what humility is humility is not denying who you are in christ it's embracing who you are in christ um, but even with the knowledge of who you are in Christ, it doesn't mean that you can't serve. So even when you acquire the Tesla, it doesn't mean you still can't usher in church if you have to usher. It doesn't mean you can't get into the toilets and clean the toilets if you have to clean the toilets. It, it doesn't mean that, oh, now that I have a Tesla, now that I live on Bishop's Avenue, um, you know, looking down my nose at every Tom, Dick and Harry that's around. No, that, Jesus, as great as he was, bowed down, washed his disciples' feet. Wow. So you don't have any problem. In fact, the, the bowing down to, to, to help somebody else, to wash somebody else's feet, even has more weight the higher you are. Do, do yes. you get me now? So if, if I have allowed God to really elevate me, imagine the, the, the president of a nation bowing down to be washing somebody's feet or doing some menial hum, humble tax that is powerful and that's exactly what jesus was was doing there our time is moving fast i'm happy that there's a question on the on the on the floor right now um so what do we think um the promise of being heir of the world really mean, meant Because the question is, God promised that he would be heir of the world. What does it mean to be heir of the world? Now, of course, somebody if, uh, would ask that I need to see the verse where God promised Abraham that he would be heir of the world. You might you, you might be hard-pressed to find it, yeah? But um, the, the New Testament, well, not the New Testament, while Jesus was alive amongst the Beatitudes, you understand what I mean when I say not the New Testament. The New Testament starts from the cross. Hmm. So this was a statement that was made before the cross. He said the meek shall inherit the earth. They will be um, heir to the earth, okay? So there is a promise of inheriting the earth, okay? So what, even if we are to, if we are to now apply that, apply that in this context, I believe that what that promise is, is that, I'm sorry, I'm going to bust some people's bubble, at the very end of the day, we're coming back to earth. I know we all want to go to heaven, but read the end of the book, Revelations, and you find out that we are the, the new heaven, there will be a new heaven and a new earth, and we will be coming out of the new heaven to inherit the earth. Yeah? The new Jerusalem is going to be on earth. Yeah? So, you know, mind-boggling a little bit but we're going to inherit the earth ultimately and then even right now he's saying that he, he we are going to be in a position to still be the ones walking in dominion in the earth even here and now 
Okay. Yeah. I hope that's helpful. I hope that helps um, Edidem's question that he put up here. Yeah. Um, I don't know whether any other questions are coming in the co comments. Um, so, first, a quick one. Would yes. his question relate to uh, Galatians 3, verse 14? That the blessing of Abraham might come unto the Gentiles through Jesus Christ, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Would that would it relate to being a, an heir? Because, yeah, what's what's your take on that? Yeah, it, it does relate to us being heirs. We are um, Christ was the seed in particular that the scripture was talking about when he says that your seed will, 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 will inherit all and will be a blessing and so on and so forth. And now through our, our new birth, we too have become Abraham's seed. Yeah. So, and it's all the families of the earth. So yeah, I agree with you. It does apply. It does apply or it can apply if you like. <laughs> yes. Um, Sister Jennifer seems to have a question or a statement. Okay, there's a question. It says, certainly wasn't Abraham's work, it wasn't, it certainly wasn't Abraham's works that impressed God. Question, did God call Abraham's father also, but possibly he did not heed the call? What do we think? You always have to go back to the scripture. So what does the scripture say? I I'm not sure if I saw it there. Um, I just he asked him to yeah. leave his father's house. Yeah. 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 Exactly. <laughs> well, that says it all then. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, now, the, the thing is that preachers often take a lot of license in the, mm. in the course of their preaching. So sometimes I can see how they they come about this. Okay. Um, there is no clear reference in scripture that says that Abraham's father, who was um, Terah, or was it Haran, and then he stopped in Terah. Um, there's no reference that says that God called him and he didn't heed the call. Okay. Um, but some preachers will say, oh, um, God called the father, the father didn't answer, so God now called Abraham. The scripture in between, and it was because he settled in between before getting to the promised land that God now called Abraham. Again, the scriptures doesn't clearly state that. That's just poetic or preacher's license to make a point. <laughs> but the scripture doesn't say that. Let's just, let's, let's be real, you know, and let's know the things that we are just saying to make points, but are not necessarily exactly what the, the scripture said. All right. Yeah, Pastor, um, me, can I just kind of follow on from what you said? Because I just wanted to read what it says here, because I loved what um, Robert said when he said, well, you know, he told him to get out of his father's house. Um, I just was reading and it says, when God saw the wickedness in Noah's day, he reestablished his plan by choosing one faithful man, which was Abraham. And we see the pattern happening here when with Abraham. So God's desire was still to fill the earth with his glory and to bless all the peoples. But he began this mission by calling one individual, thus God commanded Abraham to leave his land, his relatives, and his father's house to go to a new land. And Abraham had to act in faith. And I just feel like there's a lesson here as well for people, because I feel like, you know, 
a lot of people are still in their parents' houses and sometimes their parents' houses are quite infectious to the growth and what God might have to do in their lives. And they feel just because, you know, the scripture also says things like obey your parents in the Lord and honor your parents. You can still honor your parents, but not be in their atmosphere, in their surroundings, because there's what the things that they do and things that like culturally and, you know, in the past may not be any, may not have any value to you and what to where you're going. So I think this is actually a good teaching example as well for some people. You might need to leave your mama's house or your daddy's house <laughs> and go to a new house so God can establish you in a cleaner and healthier environment. But don't, you know, don't quote me on that. This is what the word of God says. I'm like, you know, pray about it. <laughs> if it I ain't agree. healthy. I agree with you, especially when you are of age and you are, it's within your right and authority to make that decision. So no teenager should go meet any parent and say, hey, I've, I, the scripture said I should leave my father's house. I'm leaving your house now. <laughs> well, I'll tell you that the scripture says that obey your parents in the Lord. In the While you are still a child, you obey me. Um, but when you're of age, it's and now speaking to some people really out there, sometimes you've got to take that action. Yeah. So leave your country. Your, father, your your family and your father's house. And in the, go back to the teaching. I, I try to illustrate what each of those three can represent. Where Comfort. your country is your identity. Yeah. Where you are from. So you refuse to be associated with the your old identity. You embrace the identity you now have in Christ. Your family is what you are familiar with. Your father's house is taking on responsibility because in your father's house, it's your father that's responsible for you. To leave your father's house is that I'm taking on responsibility. Okay. Now, Eddie them asks for further clarification that what we are saying from Romans chapter 4 and verse 13 doesn't mean we do not inherit the world and the things in it while we are here and we have to wait until the end. No, sir. That's not what we're, we're saying. We're saying the ultimate inheritance is at the end, it doesn't mean that we don't start inheriting right now, and we don't start walking in dominion right now, and we don't start um, being the influencers that God called us to be um, right now. So we are not postponing everything to the end, but we are saying that, yeah, the ultimate, ultimate is at the end, but it is from now that we start to walk in that dominion, we start to insist upon that dominion. Um, we also have to realize that our objectives are different from the world's objectives. At the end of the day, what we are more interested in is a spiritual kingdom um, beyond the earthly kingdom. The earthly outplays are testament to a spiritual reality. Yeah. Um, we are already over 8.30 when we're supposed to round up. But um, as usual, when we're having these kind of interactive conversations we we have a little bit of extra injury time so if there's any other pressing question comment to be made this is the time to make it before we round up um pt before a question comes in i have a question based on the um the second teaching which was manifesting uh greatness and it was from the uh point no, um, step number two, where you talked about loss of reputation. Now, for me, I believe that your reputation is something that you should protect and preserve. 
but you stated that before you know you get a great name you have to lose your reputation so can you just shed a bit more light on that that's a very good question um it's a balance and we've got to get the balance right okay when we talk about be of no reputation this is where you get to a point where you're not going to allow your desire for a good reputation or to be seen in a particular way govern your life. You've got to get to that place where you are willing to let go of your desire to have a good reputation to pursue purpose. Mm -hmm. In other words, it's talking about being willing to take the risk. I'm going to stake my stake my um, reputation on this. So if it fails, mm, if he succeeds, you understand. And, and the point I actually tried to make was that anybody that you see that is excellent jumped. Took mm. the risk of jumping. Gave themselves. It was all in. Sink or swim. It's all in now. I'm giving it my all. So he didn't allow self-consciousness. He didn't allow thinking about what people are going to think about me. What would they say? Stop him from jumping in. Anybody you see that is excellent had to cut themselves off for that from that overt control of uh, how people see me, my reputation, and all of that. And it's interesting that it, it was when they cut off their need to be seen in a particular light or in a particular way that they now actually gained a reputation that was outstanding. Yeah, um, you've got to be you've got to be willing to take the shot. It might hit the rim. But, oh, you're too afraid that they'll hit the rim. You don't take the shot at all. That's when reputation has stopped you. Mm -hmm. and it's also like what Jesus was teaching, that he that tries to keep his life is the one that loses it. But he that gives up his life for my sake, he's the one that's going to gain it back. So you get to a point where you just, you just go all in for the purpose. I mean, you did that. You had a dream. You had a vision. There were people that were... Um, possibly snickering under their voice that what are you talking about? Anybody can go and see their GP to get a health check. Why are you trying to do this? But you are willing to stick your reputation on your dream and go out there and push it and see what God is doing. Yeah? So we've got to get to that point with our visions and with our dreams. How? Oh, yeah. Brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. We could go on and on. I don't know whether anybody also saw, saw something in the course of the messages that as much as these were spiritual messages, do you realize that they were actually messages on servant leadership? That the secret code of greatness is actually to be a servant leader. The servant, yeah. Yeah. Jesus exemplified servant leadership. If you are going to Pastor be... Tell me, allow me. Allow yeah. me to read some. I, I, I allow, it was very critical. Allow, allow me to read it. Maybe you can shed light and expound on it for me. Christ has redeemed us out of the curse of the law, having become a curse on our behalf because it was written. Cursed is everyone hanging on a tree in order that the blessing of Abraham might come to the Gentiles in Jesus Christ, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. The promise of the Spirit is actually God himself processed 
in his trinity through incarnation, crucifixion, resurrection, ascension, and dissension, that we may receive him as our life and all everything. What does that speak to you? How can you break it down for me to understand it, this small mind of mine? <laughs> it was enough to pick that up. I'm not sure that your mind is small. It seems like a big and wide mind, even to be interested in understanding um, um, that whole scripture uh, and that um, the theology right there. I would say it's almost self-explanatory. Yeah. Um, take it from the top. Just read the top again and I'll, I'll stop you at the right time. Where was that taken from? Galatians? Oh. You know, it, yes, uh, Apostle Paul was. Uh, it's it's um the this the scripture. I mean, it's the verse, the the chapter is three one fourteen, but it doesn't. When the it just goes on to break down what Paul meant in Galatians. Christ mm. has redeemed us out of the curse of the law, having become a curse on our behalf, because it is written, "Cursed is everyone hanging on the tree." Hold on one moment, hold on one moment. Because we don't have time, I'm gonna to try to break it down. I mean, Paul is the prelate apostle as far as I'm concerned. He's the, he's the teacher of the new covenant and new testament. He's the establisher of, of new covenant doctrine, okay? And what he's telling us is showing us the process through which Abraham's blessing and a superior blessing to even Abraham's blessing became ours. He shows us the lineage and he says that Christ became a curse for us. Now note what he said, Christ became a curse for us. He, he had to become a curse. Now the, the scripture lets us know in the book of Proverbs that a curse causeless cannot come. So there has to be a cause before somebody by, can be cursed. But Jesus never gave any cause for him to be cursed. But there was already a law in place that said that cursed is anyone that hangeth upon a tree. This is why Jesus had to die by crucifixion. Because if he had died any other way, that would not have made him a curse. It was actually his crucifixion hanging upon a tree that made him a curse. And because he became a curse for us, we could now receive woo, the blessing. The blessing Hallelujah. of Abraham, Abraham's um, seed through new birth. And then he goes on as he's reading um, downwards and the stuff that you were reading, that this is why he died. This is why he went into the grave. This is why he ascended and presented the complete sacrifice. And now is able to descend into our lives through new birth and through the baptism in the Holy Spirit, such that we can walk in the fullness of the Godhead even today. This is, it's mind-blowing. It's, it's phenomenal. And what is our part in it? Our part in it is to receive it. Jesus has done all the work. Our part now is to receive what has been done on our behalf and then walk in it by faith. That's what our part is. My goodness, um, we've got to have more conversations like this. And it's always so interesting to me that it's at the time when we are about to round up that some, some deeper juices start to come out. <laughs> <laughs> always. Deeper juices, you know. 
Um, but we we'll, we'll, we definitely will do more of this, and then possibly we'll have we'll set up some come up some form of um, lounge setting that doesn't have the constraint of time. Mm. Where okay, let's sit down, you know, and just just dig dig deep. Those scriptures that are bothering you, let's let's open it and let's take it line by line by line by line by line by line. Wouldn't that be sweet? Amazing. That would be really good. Yeah, that would be great. That would be great. I want to thank everybody that has joined us on tonight. Thank you for staying on this long also. I'm quite sure you've enjoyed um, the conversation. Um, maybe somebody suggesting on there that we should, it would be great to, to do this as a clubhouse um, sessions after these interactive life classes. Okay, we're going to consider doing that. We haven't been doing that for a while since the interactive life classes interact is a lot of talking, but I think it's good to take it to the clubhouse also. And maybe even have a full on conversation that's not following a service in clubhouse um, and just go there and let's, let's talk about this, yeah? And if somebody has a very strong um, um, uh, topic that they would like us to take up in conversation, please feel free to let us know and let's let's um deal with it yeah okay um we give god all the glory we thank everybody that has been with us tonight you are blessed you are highly favored um we can't close the service without giving an opportunity for you to give so the de details on how you can give will be running across the screen shortly um please choose the method that is most um preferred by you as we teach in this house we do not give to be blessed because we are already blessed so we give because we are blessed and because we know we are blessed we also give to fulfill all righteousness hallelujah on this side on the earthly plane and um, there's seed time and there is harvest so we fulfill all righteousness by sowing our seeds to secure the harvest. But in the heavenly places, we already have the harvest. We are already blessed with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. So I encourage us in our giving to give generously towards the work of the Lord and you'll be blessed in your giving. I speak a word of blessing upon every gift and upon every giver in the name of Jesus. May there be great harvest in their lives. May their steps be ordered away from evil and only forward into their wealthy place in jesus mighty mighty name i do pray amen and amen. amen amen thank you all brethren once again for joining us let's share the grace in fellowship as we bring this service to a close the grace of our lord jesus Christ, love of god and sweet fellowship of the holy spirit rest and abide with us now and forever amen surely God's goodness, God's goodness, all forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Brethren on Facebook, on YouTube, God bless you. Good night. Bye.